From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. It's Friday, May 21st. It's not unusual to see people flying through the air on 500 West. Wheels up, soaring over hand-packed mounds, flowing on the pump tracks. Anonymous Park is also known as Moab Bike Park, also known as the Dirt Jump Place. These jumps and tracks are built and maintained by a group of passionate volunteers. One of them stands out for our next non-narrated audio portrait of people in the Moab Valley. We hang with Paul as he builds some new zones of the park. Uh, dirt waves, I guess is the best is what we like to call them. Uh, surf the earth, so yeah. Uh, jumps, pump tracks, berms, tabletops, big doubles. Yeah, just all the things to get your bike in the air. Oh, uh, my name is Paul. <laughs> uh, I build jumps. <laughs> Fluttering is a full-time job. Yeah, you gotta do it like really evenly. Like if you just get it too wet in one spot, it just like puddles up. The key to here is getting the water really, uh, getting the soil wet. Um, It's gotta be the right consistency or it just dusts apart. So we're constantly watering and then it kind of shapes like clay. It's, It's not much different from how adobe is made. We're just not using straw to hold it together. We're compacting everything to hold together. To get it smooth is, you know, we hand pack and we rake and we hand pack and we rake. So we're rebuilding, (laughs) I guess. Updating the place, uh, making it the bike park Moab deserves. You know, everything here is big and to the extreme and so should this. So that's what we're doing. Build your own fun. There's just this berm, like going under this corner when this tree fills in and like, that's just gonna be cool. You know, we're gonna build a jump through there. So you're gonna go like, you're gonna come out of the sun through this like pretty wet, cool feeling, like shaded area. And then you're gonna launch out of it at like 20 miles an hour and go flying into the sky. (laughs) Just the experience of like, you know, the emotions that you go through when you're riding like that and the thoughts and the feelings and sensations, like it's just, nothing beats it, you know? My favorite thing to do here, I don't know, just get into the flow of things. Uh, I like turn my head off. So like, you know, up at the up at the lot where we drop in, I just it just clicks off, and it's like, all right, there's no worry about anything, and you drop in, and I guess like it's the definition of flow, which what I've been told is like kind of like when your ability and luck and gravity all kind of co-mingle and everything works out right. You don't really have to think, you don't really have to do anything. It just works. That's really the whole point. That's definitely my favorite thing. So I do all the bike things. So I dig here, but I'm a bike mechanic as well. Uh, I teach bike mechanics at the high school. Bikes have brought me to Moab. It's brought me all over all over the world. All of my travels, all my friends, everything can be rooted to bikes at some, in some way or another. I jumped, so I started just gravitating here, made some friends, started doing little things around then. But then it really ramped up really with COVID last year. In that time, you know, those of us who are involved here, uh, we're all laid off. 
So we came down here and started digging. And then my friends kind of kept helping. And then we just, now here we are, you know? <laughs> Pretty much, it, it, it just was like, all right, well, why stop now? Let's keep going. Just the process of watering and letting it dry, like that alone will kind of help harden it up. And the more we ride on it, like the riding line gets very, very hard packed. We get it good enough, uh, it actually grooves up. We call it blue groove, where like, it's similar to like the tire marks on Slick Rock and the Jeeps. Um, our jumps will do that from just from riding the same line. That actually kind of helps you can start to see where you need to go, because you can just follow that line. Yeah, everything about this is kind of like art and expression and creativity. This all came out of my head, just staring at stuff. There was no real plan to this other than like, yeah, that would look cool. And like, that'll be a cool picture with Portal in the background. It's just a lot of that, you know, what would what would look good and be fun? Yeah, like I get to build, you know, the, the canvas that they get to express themselves on. And that's awesome. I get excited just watching people do something that I didn't really think of. Like, it's like freedom of expression. So it's the same as like a dancer, right? They're expressing themselves through movement. We're just doing it on bikes and on jumps, you know? But it's, it's totally the same thing. And go up top with all your friends and hang out and like just ride together. Like that's what it is, you know? All the, just the community and, and everything. It's, it's just great. Big thanks to Paul, who, when he's not working at a local bike shop or teaching bike mechanics at the high school, can be found at Anonymous Park. Moab's Bike Jump Park is entirely maintained by volunteers like him and funded through donations. If you want to learn more, you can email moab.bike.park at gmail.com or find them at the same name on Instagram. This was an audio portrait, a non-narrated segment that appears every so often on the newscast. Paul was nominated for a portrait by his coworker Paige. Thanks, Paige. If you think there's someone we should profile, reach out by emailing molly at kzmu.org. Now, our weekly newsreel, where we speak with reporters and editors about the latest stories they've covered in our area. Help Wanted signs are aligning Main Street, exposing the town's workforce shortage, the Times Independent plans to explore this situation, which they say is driven by several different pressures. Doug McMurdo has more. Reporter Harder Poppy and reporter Sophia Fisher, um, I gave them an assignment last week, and it was to look into the labor shortage that is so prolific all over the country, and Moab certainly has not uh, escaped that. And um, they, they knocked it out of the park. Uh, they interviewed not only the the big employers, Grand County, uh, the city of Moab, Moab Regional Hospital, but they've also interviewed other employers and what the issue is. What we're finding uh, is that the housing crises, that's, that's plural, there's more than one housing mm. crisis going on in, in Grand County, mm. um, 
is exacerbating the employment. It's created a lot of problems. The, the hospital can't get the people it needs. The city, the county, Police Chief Brett Edge, he's really struggling providing critical service, and he's struggling to keep people uh, in a uniform and on the streets. It's a real big problem. I, I literally walked around the block uh, downtown, and I took seven photos of help wanted. And that's what I, I quit because I, I had the... My <laughs> art, enough. my art was was there. Um, I could have gotten much more. Yeah, this photo collage on the front page is is really quite striking. Um, seven photos. I'm sure you could have gone the length of M- Main Street and had more than triple this amount. Right, right. So this is a series. This is the first of a series of articles. Right, and we're we're going to do a deep dive into this and. We're hoping that we can talk to people uh, who understand these things, uh, who understand that there is a solution. We're going to tr- we're going to try to offer those up as well, uh, instead of just pointing out the problem. Help out with maybe guiding people, the people who, who make the decisions, um, mm-hmm. guiding them and and their decisions. Um, the article starts off with just as you described, you know, nurses living in vans, the police chief pleading for housing on Facebook, restaurants unable to maintain a full staff. Uh, this is this is uh, affecting every single part of our community. All of these issues raise such big questions um, for all organizations, all businesses, government. Right. It, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, in June when the extra three hundred dollar a month. Mm-hmm. pandemic unemployment ends uh, per Governor Cox's orders mm-hmm. last week. Um, $300 a week, that's 1200 a month. Mm-hmm. Um, that covers a lot of bills. Right. And when that goes away, people might be forced to, to get out and look for a job. But I don't think that they're going to stick around. They're not going to be able to find a job that's going to replace Mm-hmm. That twelve hundred a month—that's that's that's a lot. The so. pandemic really exposed um, the scarcity in our system. It exposed so much about what people actually need to live on and what employers claim they can afford too. Anything else to mention about um, the first in in a series about Moab's housing crisis creating hiring crises? In a related story, right underneath it, uh, people who routinely drive uh, down Spanish Valley Drive. Uh, are, and are wondering when they're going to start building homes at Arroyo Crossing, the 300-unit uh, affordable housing land yeah. trust, uh, community land trust. Uh, I talked to Audrey Graham, the chair mm-hmm. of the Moab Area Community Land Trust. To quote Audrey, and I believe this is a word I can say on radio, okay. uh, she is in document hell. They're finding out, and this is going to be a funny way to put it, so I, I put it in the story, uh, they, they did reinvent the will. So what's happening here is lenders, insurers, everybody is starting from scratch with you know, how to document this and make sure everybody's covered and everything's legal and, mm-hmm. and that and the other. So uh, it's taken a lot longer than the MACLT thought it would. And mm-hmm. uh, the good news is that um, the groundbreaking on the first three homes will occur June 15th. Okay. And there's nine other homes through the clients of the Housing Authority of Southeastern Utah. Mm-hmm. They, they also have uh, nine that are going to start, uh, that okay. are going to close within about the same time shortly afterwards. Mm-hmm. And Community Rebuilds also is, is ready to go. Right. So, okay. yeah, it's exciting because that's going to that's gonna help. 
I was so curious about that property too. So I'm happy to see an article in the Times Independent. I think I remember you and I being there in January for a ribbon cutting of the infrastructure. Uh, I think that was December. It was December. It was even further back. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then now almost, you know, heading into the summer, wondering when are those houses going up? And it sounds like it, it's just been uh, paperwork. It's been insurance. It's been all the legal stuff. Yeah, red tape. All the red tape. They're, they're closing in. They're figuring it out. You know, Audrey's um, she's a wonderful lady. That's a wonderful board, what they've done. And I, I really think that Arroyo Crossing, clearly it isn't sufficient to solve all of our problems, but I think it's really going to bring stability, and I also think it's going to bring competition. I I see good things on the horizon. Now, if I can have you uh, mention uh, one more article, Um, there's this very telling photo on the front page of the Times Independent on the river path. I took this photo uh, standing on the hill next to Grand Staff Trail, where the parking is, uh, the excess parking. And as you know, the bike path ends and it doesn't begin for another uh, six-tenths of a mile heading back towards town. Mm. And I've got a photo of two bicyclists um, on a little sliver of, you know, white line and a car across the double yellow uh, to, you know, give them plenty of room. And it just, it's a perfect illustration of why uh, Grand County is fortunate that the state, the uh, Utah Office of Outdoor Recreation and the uh, Governor's Office of Economic Opportunity handed out nearly $8 million in grants. And uh, one of those grants was for Grand County to uh, begin the study, engineering study of uh, the bike path so they can close that gap. Mm. 30,000 bicyclists a year on Highway 128. That's a lot. Um, it's only a matter of time, as mm. Mary McGann says, before something uh, really bad happens. So mm. the overall project for this six-tenths of a mile is over $7 million. And if if you look at the road, yeah, you they're going to have to create something out of literally thin air, mm. as far as uh, my eye can see. Of course, I'm not an engineer. I have no mm-hmm. idea what they're going to have to deal with. But right. It's going to be interesting. Okay, so um, the county has some money to put towards this project. Um, do we know a set timeline yet, or is that TBD? Yeah, I think, again, Mary McGann, the commission chair, put it best. It's, there's no way that they're going to be able to do it all at once. It's going to have to be uh, in phases, and this is actually phase four of that bike path, just to finish it. Well, I'm glad to see that at least some money is allocated to it. Is there anything else you wanted to mention about this week's edition? Um, Congratulations to Shacey Wren and Mara Holyoke, respectively the uh, valedictorian and salutatorian of uh, Grand County High. Uh, these girls are going to go far in life. You should read the story. They've got uh, they have big plants. Nice. I can't believe graduation is just around the corner. I know. Another I know. year. <laughs> I, I helped cover last year's graduation, and it was so hot that I think um, I'm just going to uh, pull rank and have Carter do this one all by himself. <laughs> that's, that's the power of being editor. Right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Doug McMurdo, editor of The Times Independent. Subscription info and more stories can be found at moabtimes.com. The management of human waste is often a big concern of local land agencies. It's also on the minds of the staff at the Solid Waste District, who are asking the public not to dispose of their wag bags in a regular trash can. Maggie McGuire of the Moab Sun News has more from their latest coverage on the issue. She starts with the definition of a wag bag. Basically, it's an industrial-produced little kind of unit for human waste. 
in general in like uh, backcountry scenarios. Mm. Um, so it's kind of like silver space blanket style in general. It usually includes like a little bit of hand sani and has a system so that you kind of like rewrap your unmentionables sure. like a little burrito. Sorry, everyone out there. If you're poop averse, you should like tune out for three minutes. <laughs> right. Warning. But it is a container to contain your human mm-hmm. waste. And in general, um, particularly in such high trafficked areas um, that we have here where there's fairly remote areas without access to like pit toilets or any sort of, um, you know, like more organized bathroom mm-hmm. facility. And a lot of travelers who aren't super hip to what to do, question mark, mm-hmm. throw your hands up. Wag bags are in a lot of cases here, a definite step in the right direction. Sure. <laughs> but as this article points out, they have their own pitfalls, particularly for um, the men and women who work for, for our waste management systems. Yeah, you did point out a, a good point is that wag bags are useful when you're out in the backcountry, when you're on river trips. Um, it's all about packing it in and packing it out. Yeah, you, usually the conversation is like, please use a right. wag bag. But this is just sort of an important postscript. Which is that um, the Sun News is finding that you can't just throw it into your regular waste bin. Tell us a little bit of what the Sun found there. So wag bags are usually marketed to make it as easy as possible for sort of the average person to want to use them. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it makes plenty of people uncomfortable. Sure. So the ease of use is something that um, the manufacturers tend to highlight. And that includes marketing them as landfill safe or that you can put them just sort of in the normal waste stream. Mm. And in some places, that probably doesn't cause that many problems. However, here, unfortunately, if you're just throwing your wag bags into like a, just a, a municipal garbage can or a dumpster, they're just like a burrito. They're a little tightly wrapped sure. <laughs> unit that tends to, in summer heat, get under pressure. And then if you can imagine being a, a, a municipal waste worker, you throw them in the back of your garbage truck. Mm. And then what happens? Oh, man. The compactor comes down. Sure. And it squeezes them. And bad, bad bad things happen like i say for the for the trash Mm -hmm. workers this is like very much not a laughing issue right i know it's 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 unsanitary for them and dangerous for them and there could be a host of health hazards it's just a good way to ruin your day true true so um it sounds like the solid waste district is saying please do not do this and expose uh workers to your human waste yes which is sort of like a reasonable ask mm-hmm. you know in, in a lot of these cases for folks that have been going out to the back country for a week obviously you know that's kind of like a larger issue sure and so the solid waste district right now is asking people to just take them directly to the transfer station on highway 191 okay that way these these things that you are so awesome for having used, uh-huh. you can complete like and be the totally ethical outdoor person by taking them to the transfer station so they just avoid mm. the compactor mm-hmm. and avoid mm-hmm. a poor uh, innocent bystander. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So it's good to know that there is a way that we can deal with them. Transfer yeah. station yeah. it is. Transfer station it is. Just because you don't want it doesn't mean other people can handle it. That that dumpster looks really tempting. We all understand. But 
Now you can't say that you didn't know. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Maggie. Of course. Thanks, Molly. There's another article I'm hoping you can highlight, uh, one that you did about crust farming. I'm always excited to read about biocrust. Me too. So what's going on with Arches National Park and uh, delicate soil? Yeah, so Arches National Park and a lot of the parks have um, volunteer opportunity days. So I talked to Karen Garthwaite up there who tends to to organize these. Mm -hmm. And in general, um, these days are really good times for particularly visitors. But, you know, I would encourage locals to, to reach out and sort of interact with with the national parks in this way too because it sounds really fun and usually they're they're doing sort of nice give back kind of maintenance things so Mm. picking up what she described as micro trash Mm. um but this one that they have coming up this month is a little bit different so because of the increase in visitation to arches and Mm. the sort of attendant parking problems Mm. which i think everyone here is well aware of in the window section, um, they're expanding the parking available at one of the trailheads. And it's still a beautiful area. Right. Um, but as Karen noted, you know, parking is important and they can they can spare it. Mm-hmm. But of course, they don't just want to go in with a bulldozer. Mm-hmm. There's beautiful native plants there. And, you know, we're spending all of this time educating people about the importance of, of biocrust and, mm-hmm. and respecting the crypto. So on this particular volunteer day, it's a little bit more intensive and there'll be a little bit more instruction and you can learn a lot. So they're going to have park staff who are going to instruct you on how to identify Mm -hmm. some native plants. And they're going to give a whole spiel about how to harvest and transport biocrust. And as we all know, biocrust is so delicate that a footstep crushes it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it only goes about two to five centimeters of, of the topsoil. So the, the, um, they're going to be taking these native plants and the crust from this area where they're going to be putting parking and transplanting them to another area of the park that could use a little remediation. Sure. So it's a really cool project. That's and nice. it's just a really cool opportunity to, to learn a lot about something that we're kind of continually talking about in this area mm-hmm. and get some hands-on experience. So that's coming up May 22nd. Mm-hmm. I want to say we had a, a tiny experiment here at KZMU of um, planting biocrust. Oh, really? And it lives in the corner of our property. I think about 50% of the transfers survived, which mm-hmm. is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a little experiment for us to see um, how that can work. And Yeah, it's such an evolving science. Uh-huh. You know, um, Science Moab, who's a partner of right. both KZMU and of The Sun, you know, they've done a couple of interviews with with crust scientists who are hoping to figure out ways of like being able to fly planes over over areas that have been heavily impacted and just kind of like sprinkle crust behind them, sure. kind of like Johnny Appleseed style, which is such a cool visual. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that they've totally figured out how to do things like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's definitely an area that a lot of like really bright minds are, are working on. Anything else to mention about this uh, volunteer opportunity? Just that it's something that I'm excited about. And, you know, um, talking with with park staff, I thought it was really interesting that these volunteer days are are primarily sort of just your your average tourist who's going around to to national parks and wants to, to take a day and give it back. I think that's really cool. Maggie McGuire, publisher and editor at the Moab Sun News. Subscription info and more stories can be found at moabsunnews.com. 
That's it for the weekly newsreel, where we speak with reporters and editors about the most recent stories they've covered in our area. You can find the pieces mentioned today in the show notes of the news on our website and podcast. Thanks for tuning in and supporting KZMU, community-powered radio.